0: This is So Far So Rare, a podcast about all things So Rare. This week I spoke with Quinny, one of the biggest uh, content creators in the space. You should make sure you check out his YouTube channel if you're short on the content front. And we went down lots of rabbit holes about all things so rare, the transfer window And yeah, answered lots of your questions I hope you enjoy it And just to reiterate, do definitely check them out on YouTube There's lots and lots of great videos there So Quinny, the man, the myth, the legend, the man with all the content um, I've already said it on in the intro, but if you skipped it because you're a chancer, go and check out Quinny's YouTube channel. Quinny puts out by far the most engaging YouTube content and the most. Um, I'm just kind of copying Quinny. But anyway, Quinny, tell us a bit about yourself. You've been on the platform for since the 20th of June, 2020. You are, I've said this before, I always mention your name on the podcast because it was you, along with Hybe and probably a little bit of Hendo, the Scottish contingent who got me involved in so rare. Last September, um, through lots of peer pressure and persistence, but here we are. <laughs> um, how are you getting on? <laughs>
1: uh, I'm doing great, John. Thanks a lot for having me. Um, but yeah, so I I remember all that pretty well because, like, at the time, like, we were both playing footstock quite heavy and everything as well. So, um, it was weird, uh, like <clears throat> that whole kind of footstock period. I think really did set me. Uh, if I hadn't played footstock, I don't think I'd have ever got so rare in terms of having yeah. mean, got with like air quotes, you know, um, kind of thing. It'd take me a bit longer to make that step. So um, I have an odd note to start on, but I think we both <laughs> kind of led each other down the same path is basically my point. Yeah. You know, like,
0: yeah, I think like, cause I obviously was pretty bullish in the whole footstock thing because I loved the idea of it. They just didn't have blockchain technology and that was their undoing because, and the fact they were gambling and a million other things, but side topic, and a lot of people don't give a shit about footstock, so I'll not talk about it for long at all, but they actually were set to be okay, apart from the crumbling of Football Index and the regulators clamped down, and they had investors pull out. They It was nothing to do with their... They'd actually got their supply under control to an extent, and they were working on that. It's weird yeah. because Football Index took them out with them because the investors for Footstock pulled out on the back of FI News, which is a real shame, but... um. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Everyone who lost money in Footstock, uh, myself included, lost a bit. I probably was up <laughs> overall, to be honest with you. But um, it definitely paved the way for so rare for me as well because it really made me see the potential of it and the true ownership. And it was almost like so rare, did Footstock, right? <laughs> you know. Yeah, totally. I was
1: just thinking there. Sorry, even um, I can't believe this is all kind of came up. But um, the thing that done me in with Footstock was I went too heavy. And blindly and stupidly into Dan James, and I was actually thinking today in the car when he sang for Leeds. <laughs> I was thinking, do you know, man? You know, nothing's a bad trade until you sell. You know, exactly <laughs> that's bad, those Dan
0: Jameses. <laughs> you know, I tell you what, you know, <laughs> that's something that I didn't write down to talk about, Quinny. <laughs> but the transfer window—that was my first full transfer window on on so rare. Obviously, I joined September last year, so we've had a January transfer window. COVID kind of wrecked everything in terms of even like the yeah. mid-season transfers. But it was, I know a lot of people, you, you get you get the transfers that go against you. And I kind of felt like my summer was going that way. I was picking, because I obviously go under 23s, a lot of solid under 23 challenger players. And they were all getting transfers to teams that I wasn't sure they were going to get game time in. A few of my super rares, uh, a lot of my defenders yeah. like Arthur Theate, Zeno Van Huisden, other ones who I was sort of banking on, all... They're an Italy kind of shite teams now. <laughs> and it's one of those where I felt it was going against me, but yesterday I had a couple that really went my way. And it's some buzz. And there's obviously there was a lot of activity yes. on the market off the back of it. Cause there's people just watching Fabrizio Romano's feed, watching other feeds <laughs> with their ear to the like ear to the yeah. ground and I'm buying according to that. So I, I found the transfer deadline day actually really exciting on so rare. Did you have much activity yourself based around transfers?
1: I, I did not too much on the deadline day. I have picked up an Olivier M Cham today because he's moved to um Swansea. So I'm hoping mm. he gets game time. That's a good challenge Euro. Celtic Connection, and he's ex city as well. So I've got a wee CFG City football group contingent in my, my club as well. So he takes a couple of wee, wee collection boxes for me. But um so I got involved in that. But I, I have bought a, a fair amount of cards with transfers in mind, uh, like in the last month, certainly, you know, like I got um mm. I got in Cham. I got Kamavinga, which, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about at some point.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. I got
1: Jota. <laughs> <laughs> and who else did I get With uh, for transfer, I mind? I got Jackie Maccas like 15 days ago. So it was as soon as the, the rumour came out. So the first rumour that came out, it said Postacoglu phoned him. And I was like, man, there's no way our manager's called Postacoglue and he's phoning a guy called Giamacis and they're not going to get on my <laughs> house on fire. You know what I mean? Like, what's the reveal about to here? You That's a mean? match
0: made in heaven, that. Jesus.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally, man. You know what I mean? They'll definitely be brought out on the phone, you know. Uh, you know. So I was just on, as soon as, soon as I read that, I was like, nobody brainer, I'm buying this guy, you know. <laughs> And then it's paid off thankfully because it got sweaty because as soon as who was it Bremen were into him as well that's Bundesliga 2 mm. so he's following Aotanaka Tanaka down the well you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so as soon as they came in that's fucking shitting
0: it I was like oh no <laughs> yeah no I hear yeah. you I've had a few um, had a few stinkers I suppose or not necessarily stinkers but you know like at Arthur theater I've already mentioned that Ustin, who I thought was just going to be solid churning out everything all season now he's off to I think it's Bologna he's off to I could be wrong um, but do you know if he starts saying, if he plays sure. there, it could be okay. What do you say?
1: Yeah. See, Bologna. By the way, like I was actually, um, I was actually thinking about this for a video like, like, uh, earlier, on I'm not going to bother now, I'll just say it now. But see, Bologna, Bologna are like a proper little club. By the way, see so if you look at the players that they sign. Like that, uh. I didn't, uh, I didn't realize it was that's uh, where Tiate went. But you look at Tiate they got the wee guy from from Hearts. It's worth a few bob. They've got this other guy, Louis Binks, right, who played at Montreal last year. He was a really good defender in MLS. And I just picked up his card four days ago because he's staying at Bologna. He's going to be on the bench, and I'm pretty sure it was a Bologna that just sold that Tommy Yasu to Arsenal. Where did Tommy Yasu come from? It was somewhere like Bologna, no something idea. like that, you know. So, but anyway, Bologna are buying. Like, in my opinion, anyway, Teate goes along with that narrative, you know, like good, exciting, yeah. like young players. So, Bologna might actually be a wee surprise Serie A team this year, potentially.
0: Yeah, because you see, I have his rare that I won and I bought the super rare eventually, but like. It's kind of like what I'm getting at here is that like Calvin Stangs who made the move. And I suppose this is the nature of it. When you're buying young, up-and-coming players, yeah. you're kind of hoping for the move. But you're hoping for the move long-term because you hope they become one of the best. You're not hoping for the move short-term. Nemecha as well. I don't know. I've I've tried to I've tried to find reports on Coop Miners. I'm pretty sure he was linked heavily with Ad- Atlanta. I don't know if it's actually confirmed or not. I think it dodged I think a it's blue. over the line. It's over the line, yeah. Noah Lang yeah. staying at... Bruges is a result. I'm pretty sure he's staying. I hope he hasn't left. So Nuno Mendes, Quinny, I'd said to you in a chat yesterday that if he had went to Man City, I would have sold him. And if he went to PSG, I would hold him. And you kind of thought it was a bit mad because Man City in many ways felt like a bit of a dream move. But for me, I just hate Pep Roulette. And I was like, not a chance. So I'm over the moon. He's went to PSG is the bottom line. But it's interesting because I was saying to you about Ferran Torres um, like you've obviously Fern Torres You're playing Pep with that Every week And you had the balls To captain him last week In the lineup, Um, Which pays off When they play for Man City But I just I could see a lot of heartache And I, I actually feel like For many of my players While Man City score So many goals I'd hate it for so many of them It would be like A nightmare move But you disagree see, with, Yeah with, with
1: ones like that But I, I always think of it As like you're you're playing for the game that you know they're going to play. The big match, but it is like maybe a quiet midweek, or it's an easy tie on the Sunday. They're going to, you know, so that that's. But when you when you buy knowing, oh, obviously, transfers differences kind of forced upon you. Um, but even going into that kind of situation, I still think with a player like Nuno Mendes, you would be able to relatively forecast after you get a feel for where Pep ranks him, what kind of matches you'll play. You know, because I know. Or I, I know from seasons gone past, for example, and Pep's kinda of been open with this, but for example, if Sani played, Mendy wouldn't play. he plays play Zinchenko behind Sani, and if he played like, I don't know, like Sterling or Marez or somebody else on the left, then he'd play Mendy because he knew that they would work and do different things and whatever. So when you get the kind of vibe, especially with Pep and City is quite unique and there's not really too much uh severe headaches for like It's only like four cards or something. Mm-hmm. But it you know, rotation with transfers, like I don't always think it's something to be worried or scared about. Crepe and Diata is the one we're all scared by, I think. Yeah, yeah killed us all, yeah. like, didn't <laughs> he? Um, big time. But um, what I've is, I mean, it is a lot of club that you're happy to follow and track and stuff like that. Like, I always don't mind taking that wee rotation gamble and um, because Fernando Torres had, had a goal chopped off the week before against Arsenal. And um, hmm. if you looked at his record, it looked like, oh, maybe it was just a wee flash in the pan on the first game of the season. But I had that kind of vibe where I thought, he's probably going to play again, you know, when they're on the training pitch and analysing the match, they'll be saying, "You, you did score. That was onside, and they've called that wrong, and blah blah blah." And like Torres as well. Like, he's played like every game I think for Spain in the Euros or something like that as well. Mm-hmm. But absolute jackpot, Nuno Mendes to PSG. Like they're they're so lucky that they've got Marquinhos and Sergio Ramos as centre backs, <laughs> and they're going to need probably Navas and Donnarumma to play at the same time because every other player on the pitch is going to be an 18 yard box of their team. You know, <laughs> <Luno> <laughs> yeah. Mendez, Hakimi That front three and everything in between it You know, it's just going to yeah. be pff, cricket scores, man
0: Yeah, no, it could it could very easily go that way And looking at PSG's team, I'm over the moon Because they've been playing Abdou Diallo at left back For a couple of games And I know I don't even know, is Juan Bernat even still there? Or Kurzawa? I don't know if either of them moved recently But no one, one screams of None of them scream out to me that they're good enough to be surrounded by Messi, Mbappe, Neymar, Marquinhos, Donnarumma, etc., etc., etc. Hakimi. So, like, I actually wouldn't be surprised if even at that age, you know, Mendes can slot right in here. Now, I think there'll have to be a bit of rotation squad management just to keep the boys happy. But at the same time, they went out, they've got him in, and, I mean, they're going to play him. And, I-, I totally agree. Do you know, I'm over the moon. I'm actually over the moon because that'll be a really, really solid under-23s option, a really, really solid champion option. But to wrap up kind of deadline day chat, which wasn't even something we said we'd talk about before this, there was two <laughs> transfer, two sort of moves that me and you both made. And I want to just discuss them quickly because sure. they're both kind of funny situations. Now, we start with mine. I do agree in hindsight. It was very impulsive. I don't know if I regret, I don't regret it. I actually, I definitely don't regret it, but it was definitely, if people go and look at the transaction, they'd be like, Jesus, guys, off his game, and they wouldn't be far wrong. So when I seen the news, I was like, I'd seen a tweet and it was confirmed and it was like three minutes after it was confirmed. I was like, I'm doing this. Wesley, back to Bruges. And I kind of knew, obviously, they're playing to kettle and lying up top. I got straight on to my contact in Belgium and was like, what is the story here? And he was sort of saying, look, Lang could go. Um, And even if he doesn't, the feeling kind of is that he could be deployed in the middle of them too. Um, And I kind of thought, you know what, that's good enough for me. If Wesley becomes a starting player at Bruges, albeit I think he's had his knee issues and whatever, but if he goes back over there, and I don't know why he'd go back there if he wasn't going to be given some sort of game time. If he goes there, he's playing between them two, he's playing in front of Vanek and, and whoever else, I see goals, and this is my chance to get a dominating sort of challenger team forward in a super rare card. Now, the value of that. I went and looked and I kind of thought, what is a similar situation to this? I looked at Haller going to Ajax. I kind of thought, no, the difference is, Quinny, here's the difference. Haller actually plays every week and actually does score well. And we know this. So, yep. <laughs> in hindsight, I was absolutely balubas. I gave away Virgil van Dyke and like 0.28. To Pavel Pavel pulled my trousers down And shafted me Is what he did But look You win some You lose some And my my justification To you and Ross Who were taking the piss out of me In a group chat Was this (laughs) To pretty much anyone else The trade looks absolutely crazy To me I need Super rare forwards I need Super rare forwards That are challenger That are going to play I need that much more than I needed Virgil Van Dyke, and Virgil Van Dyke was something that I, based on my composition of my whole gallery, I could give up the solid champion defender to get a super rare forward. If Wesley Bangs, I believe that that switch will make make me earn back more rewards. Like I feel that there'll be more equity there, or more whatever it is, whatever those were. Is it EQ? What's what's the gambling term, Quinny? What's that it's thing we to talk about?
1: It's like, you're kind of maximising or limiting your opportunity cost. You're trying to get, you know, a, a higher yield deal. The Van Dyke in your gallery over the next three months, what would it produce? X, you know, but super rare forward. It's has so, it, exactly. To do X plus two, you know.
0: I don't have enough super rare forwards. I have enough challenge, champion defenders, yep. albeit Virgil scores very well, and I get that. I'm trying to dig myself out of a hole and justify a terrible decision the, here. But...
1: The, 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 what you've got is undeniably a good, a good card. But hi, you know everything you've said. I'm on board with it's the it's it's what you gave up for it. I, know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think Van Dijk is a
1: fair enough swap. I can get behind that. But the the if he definitely was. Um, I know. Kiss kind of finger, yeah. giving you
0: that. travel <laughs> well, played me for a fool. Uh, but anyway, look. But well, the decision it's super forward John. is he gets twenty goals. <laughs> I'm kind of, look, don't get me wrong. If I had to decide I regret it or not, I kind of regret it. But if I'm going to hold him and I'm backing him to go and have a game or two where he scores a brace and then he gets a hat trick or he, got, he does something, he gets a few goals. And at that stage, maybe I'll sell him. <laughs> but at, at the same time, like he could actually just become really solid. And the other factor for me was how limited he is. Uh, I mean, there really aren't that many cards out there. But that'll yep. change very soon. Um
1: well you may have a new faces option, but that's not gonna these things don't tend to happen very quickly, you know, they tend to mm. be months down the road. There's plenty of cards coming out as we've seen a week this week, you know. So that limited aspect actually you had mentioned that already, but that is that that is valuable, undoubtedly, you know. Because Bas oh. Doss, your your man in Belgium's told you they'll probably split them and put them from the middle. Bas Doss did that last year and his record last year was actually pretty good. This year it looks like, yeah, it must just be done now because they're not even playing him. There's no real mm. reason to, so he must be. And that's why they've brought Wesley back potentially. So I make uh, everything right with what you've said and sounds great, but as I say, the only thing me and Ross were giving you stick for is just what you put over the counter for this.
0: I know, I know. Look, and look, do you know what? It, it was bad, even worse because I think that evening Van Dyke went and stuck up like an 82 and a 1-0 yep. off or something <laughs> stupid or like a one I forget what the result was. I do
1: know, just with each. no...
0: One each, yeah, that was it. Didn't even keep a clean sheet, like. But anyway, that was my trade, and I, I am sure I'll get ridiculed for that. Um, never listen to my advice on trades, and that's exactly what you didn't do today, Quinny. You put in asking, "Look, what's the story here?" And I said I don't like it, and you went and did it anyway. And you're probably just yes. right not to listen to me. So talk us, talk to us about this one.
1: Um, so obviously with the Real Madrid transfer, like, oh, well, me and you, John, are very much on the same page. Camavinga is definitely like a elite level young talent in world football. Now, reputation wise, and you know all the rest of the yada yada. So when Ren came on, like any red blooded football fan, the first person you think about is Camavinga. Really, you know, finally we're getting Camavinga on the platform. You got a jersey number limited, rapid. I got a wee limited rapid. And then I, I was quite happy to wait until maybe like, <clears throat> you know, the higher serial numbers kicked in and then maybe go pick one up later on when he's not maybe playing as much or maybe not, you know, he's still 18, still developing, you know. But obviously that rug was kind of pulled from under us, you know, the transfer to Real Madrid happens mm. and then everything he's got in a Ren shirt. And I know Real Madrid are licensed, so you'll get Real Madrid cards, of course he will. But um, all those Ren ones are now phew, finite already, you know. So we got a really small, because what would normally happen is Camavinga would move to Real Madrid, we would get Real Madrid Camavinga and then like a month later then they signed Ren and you're like oh man imagine they signed Ren two months ago that would mm-hmm. been brilliant we would have had this card we would have had that you know so anyway that was kind of so as soon as the transfer happened I had this like clock go off in my head and it's like you need to get there's only nine rares you need to get one before all nine of them end up in people's hands like Genesis has one Genesis is not is not going to sell that for no. anything less than a, a, a small apartment in Marseille or something you know Um so, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so if there's only nine of them, it's, it's, you, you know it's like with, with Supermears, John. It's the same kind of thing. Basically, as soon as they get into the hands of people that do not want to part with it, you are not getting one, and that is the end no. of the story. You know. So. What's
0: well, heartbreaking up for it. is the the lack of a jersey number one. There isn't it? It's a real shame they didn't get the number ten.
1: I know. Well, that's why I was kind of waiting for because like the last one is number nine. I thought right, but I missed out on. I, I didn't really try for one. I wasn't expecting one. I didn't try for the super rare. I was hoping to catch that. It was like seven in the morning. The super rare finished. I thought I make it lucky here, I had like two, three knocking about. Um, it went to five and a half or something. Middle, but then after that, I was like, I'll wait. I'll try jersey number, and then after that, I'll just get the the cheapest one I can when I can, kind of thing. And mm-hmm. then don't even get that. You know, no jersey number coming out. Well, so you have the only rookie jersey number.
0: It's actually mad when you think about that. Like, That's like cool. I. I actually am I'm keeping that. And it's weird how much excitement that brings me. And I think about it more than I should. Like, <laughs> I was so amazed. The only reason I bid on it, because I just happened to pop in and it just happened to be the jersey, and it just happened to go cheaper than the one before. And I was like, I'll stick a bit or two in here. I might go a little bit over the last one, but I'm not going crazy. And no yep. one competed with me. And I was really confused. And now I have the only jersey numbered Kamavinga rookie there is. And the other, the beauty of it is that there's only 45 limiteds yep. like that. That's rarer than a rare. And, yeah. do you know, in terms of if we're talking collectability, it's properly collectible. I think long-term relative to Camavinga. Now that's where my sort of bugbear came with your trade. So do you want to tell us what you gave up for your Camavinga rare?
1: I gave up. I came on Elvis that I won and it served me pretty well. His rewards mm. sheet is like pretty good. I think I've got like 10 rewards, eight rewards out of him. Two of them are goalkeepers. Uh, so him, also trying to him justify PSG. It.
0: Who'd you give up? Kelo <laughs> Navas is who you give up. Navas.
1: <laughs> Mikkel Cuison, Super Rare. Um, What's Gilles his Felix. Story?
0: Is he just going to be thrown to the fam in Bayern Munich? Yeah,
1: bad, bad boy for life. They said, we want to loan you out. And he's like, no, nah, I want to fight for my place. And then they go and sign Sabitzer. And he's like, no, I want to fight for my place. And it's like, mate, there's Goretzka, Sabitzer, (laughs) Tolisso, Kimmich, Roca's injured, Musiala, Thomas Muller. Where do you think you're going to play in this team? Mikhail
0: Kriesslans. He's he's (laughs) got his. He got too big ahead. Was it the under-21s World Cup or Euros or something? Or under-19s? And he had a great tournament. That was a while ago now.
1: Yeah. Now, as I say that, I got a notification on my phone like yesterday before. He played some sort of cup match or something. He got an assist yesterday. So mm. here's me ready to have an egg on my face where he, you know, <laughs> yeah. dethrones Thomas Muller and becomes a hero of Bavaria <laughs> or something, you know. I hope
0: he does. I have a rare like, and I'm <laughs> leaving it there because there's no doubt about his talent. It's his attitude.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so Navas, Cuisin, super rare. Uh, rare uh, Felix and rare Diego Costa that cost me £18 pounds. he's worth a lot more than that now doesn't course, matter what I he costs you he's
0: worth Quinny so yeah. right here's my thing right I'm going to lay out my like counter argument right I do believe that yes and of nine essentially Camavinga is great right but I asked you today who, who do you believe is the best in the world at that position and you said can't they now obviously I think Camavinga has a little bit more going forward in this game it could have a little bit more going forward in this game, but let's just say it's Kante or a slightly more attacking box. Of box. I don't even know if there is. Anyway, what I'm trying to get at here is Cruz. in terms of, who? Cruz. 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 Okay. Let's say it's Cruz. So yep. you've spent the the nuts. What, what do you think that t- totaled up to?
1: Um, I mean, on SRD values? No, close to two on SRD. Close to two.
0: Yeah. So close to two ETH. Now, what I'm talking about is the long-term collectability, right? Now, albeit yep. Cruz's first card in so rare came when he was 30 years old, so maybe it's different long-term. But, I mean, Cruz at the minute, you'll get one for just over an ETH, right?
1: But imagine and there's I only think, nine Cruz like rookies. I
0: know, you know, but what I'm getting at is, like, in terms of the physical sports collecting world, the only real ones at Moon and have Mbappe, Ronaldo, and Messi type things. Prices is, what do they have in common? It's their goals. If Kamavinga won't add goals to his game in two to three years, he's just another world-class midfielder. Do you know, in my opinion, and maybe I'm wrong, and do you know what? He could turn into an amazing SO5 score, and it's the best player of your life. In terms of collectability, while I'm sitting here with the the 10, the the jersey number, I just, long-term... I don't think Camavinga, like by the time he retires, I don't think his physical or so rare cards are worth what you've paid now. I don't think that that's the case in 15 years. We'll come back in 15 years and have a laugh about it. (laughs) But short term, I do think you could flip that. 100% I think you could flip it because when he goes to Real Madrid and he gets a goal in the Champions League and he does whatever and people go mad for the Camavinga rookie because there's all this Camavinga hype because of the age he started playing for Rennes and what he's done at France already. I do think you could make money, but I just don't think long-term, and maybe people disagree, um, in terms of a career, a player of his ilk will be that collectible. I think the ones... I think Felix is a higher ceiling because Felix could get a transfer and Felix alone... His rare card, I think it could go. You've two factors with that Felix that I think he could score more goals in his career, which will make him more collectible. And the other big thing here is, and this is this can't be understated. Gary V comes back in, and makes a couple of tweets. People go look what Gary Vee has and they want to Joe Felix. Yeah. In terms of short term, That's Exactly. Exactly, And it's exactly (laughs) why I bought mine. So that's my whole like counter-argument. I don't think there's necessarily a right answer. I mean, who the fuck am I to talk? I gave Virgil van Dyke up for Wesley. But um well, you you know, it's like when you get that little,
1: you know, you'd have got it when you've seen the transfer, you get that little buzz, and you're like, that is the card I need to get. You know, when you get that you get that sniff of it, you know, something's in your blood, it tells you that's the card I need, I'm gonna go get it. And with that, like, I, I thought I'm quite happy with, what, I, I see all four of those guys, maybe they accept, I see three of those guys is right now a depreciated asset in my club, you know, Navas has a rumor on his heels, I don't know for playing every game so far, Cuisance, like I said, he's like eighth choice or something, um, yeah. <laughs> and um, Diego Costa, yeah, he's at Atletico Mineiro. you know, but he's like 35, Diego Costa, you know, so like, yeah. that's going to... That's that's, it's only going down, you know. He's not playing much longer. Um, so for me to throw up those guys, like I really didn't mind giving them away. Felix was the only one uh, where I was kind of like, do you know what? I would like to hold him for a bit more or whatever. Mm. But similar to like Cuisance, I don't think Felix is going to see much action this year, man. I think I put a tweet about it earlier or in a thread somewhere. But the players i have right now, like where does he play and who does he play in front of? You know, Griezmann, Cunha, Suarez. Simeone loves Korea, you know. Like it's, it's gonna be a tough season, but I'm not even expecting anything from Kamavinga this year. CSO five. If I mm-hmm. don't even get so about, so I'm glad that I didn't need to put Eve up for it. Kind of what I've to you about the Wesley. The cards, like you know, if you're trying to be. Maybe... For me to action Like what is a big trade If I'm not part of my FIFA it's like Okay well these are cards Card for card Net results is what I'm about
0: Yeah No I think like If it makes you happy If you think Like if holding Camavinga Makes you happy That's a lot to do with it as well Are you more excited yeah. about Having Camavinga in your gallery Or those four you get rid of Camavinga has definitely Got you more excited Your balls are tingling yeah. over it I can feel it So like from that <laughs> aspect 100% yeah, no, I'm all about it Like and that's a huge part of it It's the enjoyment factor It's not all about the money You might have lost a bit of money In that trade you, the, Your man might go and sell those cards And he might get two and a half eighth Over yeah. time He might get two eighth. And maybe you could have bought them for less But the bottom line is We all give away that little bit of equity In trades Because we get the players we want to have And you're right You know, I don't think Camavinga's SO5 For the next season The next two seasons I hope he doesn't go Odegaard on us I don't think it'll be that great But there is a lot of hype about him I do think that card will be very collectible short-term anyway, long-term for a career, but maybe we don't give a shit about 15 years' time. Who knows if so will even exist? We all hope it does, but who knows if we'll even be here. Um, so yeah, look, I'm all about it, but it's funny because I just thought it's a trade that I kind of, in the face of it, I was like, you're mad giving away all those players for Camavinga. And then whenever you see my giving up Virgil van Dyke for Bloody Wesley, it's like, what the fuck? So yeah. I was like, I think they're both interesting trades that have both kind of cropped up in the last day.
1: It's that little See it's that little Stiff of a date You're like yeah That's the one I'm getting them you Yeah I yeah. love those
0: buys They're both done Let's hope they both pan out Um, But yeah So look We've talked about that In terms of the things That have actually happened This week on Connie, so We're going to glaze over This pretty quick Because there isn't a whole lot And I don't want to waste time on it When there's so many good questions so bottom line is, if you go and the way I kind of do this is I'll go and have a look at the announcements on the Seward Discord. Definitely join their Discord if you haven't already. And I'll try and think if there's any, been any big commotions that wouldn't be in there, but that have been circulating in the community a lot this week. A lot of those are in the questions. But bottom line is, I think since I last had a podcast, they've announced like Lorient, uh, Nantes, Zenit's came back. The Eredivese's relaunched. Um, Lille relaunched. Benfica there. Bayer Leverkusen. Um, Vamos River River are back River Plate um, So there's lots of like new season cards coming out great I mean none of them are that like none of them are crazy I don't think exciting because they've all already been here they're all already licensed apart from maybe Lorient Um, Maybe oh, there's a few yeah. nice rookies that can be found there Um, I don't know I haven't really looked there's no one that jumps out at me but the bottom line is there's loads of cards coming out and we're going to get on to that The only other thing to touch on here before we get into questions I think is um, Kiana is joining SoRare as their new head of people She spent the last 10 years building The teams of iconic consumer companies Like Facebook and Lyft um, She's going to be instrumental in helping the company Accelerate drastically our hiring pace While keeping on hiring the best of the best And it has to be said that I have seen A lot of people bitching about the speed At which they're hiring Given the rate at which they've grown Apparently there's jobs that have been advertised for months That haven't been filled Um and I've seen this, you know, this has been uh, bugging a few people who really dive into it and care about stuff like this, and maybe rightly so. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it's only good news, I think, getting a new team member in, someone to take a bit of the load, Agreed. free up people to do other things. Any thoughts on it?
1: Um, I know from running businesses myself, like interviewing people, is never something you look forward to because it's you can't you you know, you're not working you know you're not moving the business if you're interviewing people. Like I know you, you kind of are, It's one of these ones. It's a it's an investment in time, but you can imagine how busy they've been, and they're quite famously at this point a really small team, you know. Mm. If so. Taking a day out where the office looks presentable, you know, and the desks are all tidy. <laughs> okay, we've got an 11 o'clock coming in for the interview for the engineer. And then at 12, we've got an interview coming in for this guy. And oh, that guy didn't show up. All that time was a waste. Oh, where's the next one? Three o'clock. Okay, right, we'll sit here. We're and going to buy a
0: of lunch, will we? Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: you know, it's like it's dead time production-wise. And, you know, the demands we put on them is like production, production, production. We're cracking the whip. Yeah. Faster, bigger, quicker, you know, like. So... I can get it. It's not an excuse. Hire somebody to do the job is the solution. Seems like they've done that. Head of people, don't really know what that means. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sure she's going to run it well.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's only good news. Um, but, yeah, welcome, Kiana. If you're listening, if you're not listening, what are you at? If yep. you're in the so rare office and you're listening, tap Kiana on the shoulder and tell her to give it a listen. Welcome <laughs> to the team. Um, so, yeah. I don't think there's any point in beating around the bush anymore, Connie. We may as well just start answering questions. One thing that I've just seen mm-hmm. on Twitter, though, is I mean Harit looks like he could be on his way to. I could be just completely making this up, but he's having a bit of banter with Alvaro Gonzalez and Fabrizio Romano on Twitter. I mean Harit could be off to Marseille, um, nice. which could be he doesn't have Schalke player in his bio, and yeah, I don't know. That's Good because a lot of people I know bought him for the transfer, so it'll be nice to see that one come through for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, shout out to Jason Flynn if you're listening, I know he has one. So, questions, Quinny, you happy to move on to them?
1: Yeah, uh, all of them are great. We were saying this before we jumped on, but yeah, you know, we could probably spend about five hours going through the questions.
0: Absolutely. So, another two things quickly on in terms of Twitter and the questions. Um, I've purposely let the competition run Until Sunday the 5th I'm giving away a David Espina card Albeit he's been in and out Rotating in that Napoli team But it is a rare goalkeeper I'm giving away Worth like 0.258 Go and check out my Twitter Follow me It's pinned to my Twitter If you want to get involved with that And in terms of the questions As always The most liked ones Will be answered first So make sure Even if you don't want to ask any questions We're going to talk about What's liked the most So go and like things every week that you want to hear talked about um, Because I just I couldn't be arsed You know I, I used to hate Having to pick questions And leaving people out and all. Now other people do it And exclude people for me So <laughs> I feel less guilt That's great So the winner this week Was Aaron Johns With his 16 likes Here we come In the future Would you like the ability To auction off your own cards On the secondary market Like eBay So rare take a percentage Of all settled auctions I think it would be a great way To improve liquidity So like Yeah I, I think like Straight off the bat on that, Connie, I do think long term, whenever they've got the developers, whenever they've got the app, whenever they've got all the better user interface, having a much more eBay-esque market where, you know, you can set minimum offers much easier. You could actually work. You can set, um, you know, starting bids, reserve prices, the whole shebang, bundle sales. I think that's that will come. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. For me, I'd be really yeah. surprised if that wasn't here in a year's time.
1: I would absolutely love it, uh, to be honest with you. Like, and again, maybe it comes back to what we're just talking about, but imagine I was able to sell a bundle of Rookie, Cherokee, I don't know, the Vandervoer, Works, and Camavinga. Imagine I have put that, the four of them up in a bundle. How much think that would go for?
0: That's a house deposit.
1: That's uh, the house. That is the house. <laughs> <laughs> exactly,
0: like, that's a case of like, Do you know what? I need to take a little bit out of here. Let me throw a few up for auction and see what happens. Yeah, 100%. And also
1: as well, like people that, I've been there before with like um like crap rewards and sometimes like you look at them and you're like the ETH I'm gonna get back, just I'm just gonna leave him, right? He's only mm-hmm. worth like point all the fractions in the world one of an ETH. I'll just leave them there. And if I ever need them, then he's there. Hardly worth selling. But if you were able to like group, say you had a couple of these because we're gonna get a lot of tier three DNP rares and the new dynamic rewards structure has been one of the things that most people have had like, a you know, possibility of winning recently, just with all the extended play spots. So being able to even group a bunch of them together if you're struggling with like getting some of them sold makes it potentially a bit more appealing for somebody to come and buy like, five of them off you for 0.02, like a big threshold payment, versus like buying a one for 0.003 and buying one for 0.004. So I think it would probably benefit people with every end of the, the market, really. A bundle of w- stuff.
0: You would find accounts that specialize <laughs> in building starter global all-star teams, like ETH grinding teams. You'd find accounts that are literally selling starter teams and just auction them off. Like this team, here you go. It have it this team has averaged two hundred and sixty points over the last ten weeks. Here yep. you go, Bit on that completely. And you know, people come in and it, it opens the doors to a lot. So, look, I think it's it's one hundred percent something that will be introduced. Will Sora of take a commission? Probably. Is there a downside? Complicating the marketplace. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, like less clicks misclicks but oh, Jesus misclick things there's a lot of oh, there's was, a lot of oh it
1: was a 25 man bundle I didn't realise I put Messi in the middle of it you know like
0: <laughs> yeah 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 mate. oh yeah look yeah. I think like the thing with all this is well, there's so there's only so much yeah, I've done it before do it. by the way
1: before anyone attacks me like mm. I misclicked and I sold something really badly You that's know, a so great story I, so I can make I can make those jokes because I did it
0: <laughs> I can't make the jokes yet do you want to tell us about that actually that that was a that's a nice story isn't it you got very uh, lucky
1: Yeah. yes so like I was trying to say I bought Odysseus in like April or something when he got dropped fell out with the manager and I got him for like, 0.29 or something and at that point he was a bit cheaper as well I was a brilliant easy guy to buy on the cheap he'll get sold or he'll come back into the team 26 number one goalkeeper out and out no problem mm-hmm. anyway fast forward he's playing everything's happening whatever he's up at like but just under 0.7 cheapest ones on the market and I simply, when I bought him, I said to myself, I just want to double my ETH on this guy. That's all I want to do is double my ETH, regardless of what ETH does. You know, if ETH goes back and whatever, if it goes up, you know, cross my fingers and something do like that, whatever. So I sold him, I listed them for X. that's exactly double my ETH of what I paid for him. And I got a bunch of offers, like we all do, for the, you know, the crumbs and the ones try to rip you off and all the rest of it. And I caught every one of them. But then... I was on my, I was on the computer, and I don't normally answer bids on the computer. I normally always do it on my phone because, like, you know, I, I've just got a wee habit. But I'm going through offers of what I do. I'm not going to go it text; it's too boring for people to listen to. <laughs> it's
0: too OCD. <old> <laughs> I,
1: I, I could have honestly. I can still swear to you to this day that offer said 0.58. right? I don't genuinely believe it did, but I believe that I believe it did. You know, mm. like I looked at it and was like, of course, thirteen hundred. I seen everything. I was like, cool, bang. And then about an I never went by, two hours went by. And I was like, my balance hasn't really changed. And I looked at it and I was like, it has changed. And I went back and I looked at it and I was like, oh my God. You've got to be kidding me, man. I was just more raging at myself more than, I wasn't really too disappointed with like the whole thing or whatever. Like, I wasn't like, obviously it's happened quite famously to a few people in the, in the Twitter community. And it's obviously, it can cripple your gallery depending on the workload and, you know, your starting capital yeah, or whatever. Yeah. For me, it wasn't like end of the world, you know, kind of my account, you know, um, all been for nothing kind of situation. But it was more myself, just like, oh, that's been a great half a coin to have lying about. now. So anyway, I just, the, the guy had sent me an offer previously that was like a decent offer, like 0.4 or something, you know. So I thought maybe he's misclicked. And I just kept sending him direct offers back for the same amount. And he kept rejecting them. He didn't block me. And I thought, right, he's maybe just not getting the message here. And I just kept doing it, and eventually accepted one. So I think no, it doesn't have Discord. So there was no way of reaching out to him. I just I think he has maybe looked at it and went, "Oh, I did. I didn't even pay that guy." You I know, fucked
0: with the me and man, Quinny. The name stood out to me. He's like, <laughs> I, I've messed with the wrong man. Quinny ain't letting up here. Yeah. I doubt it was that. <laughs> no fair play to him. Well, I got it fair. back and
1: I sold him for point five eight to some happy current owner of him. That's it
0: brilliant. But like, I think the thing with me is like, you know, as long as it's so rare, and I mean, it is an absolute killer when it happens. And it obviously depends on your gallery. size. something I would say is never have a player in your gallery. You can't afford to lose. I think if there's a player in your gallery that if they lost, you would be financially in trouble. You should not have that player because anyone can die. There can be a misclick so rare as a whole can die you know there's a lot of risks what i'm trying to just get out there is and i don't think this can ever be maybe i'm very bullish and i talk about too much about just candy floss and rainbows but sort of don't overextend be financially responsible don't just make sure you could you have in money in here you can afford to lose it is absolutely essential we've been involved in platforms before when that went tits up we have felt very bullish on them this is very different in my opinion but I've been wrong before and I'll be wrong again. So I'm just going to get it out there again. And I'll try and say it as often as I can on podcasts. Make sure that you can genuinely turn around hand on heart and say, if so rare died tomorrow, I'd be sweet. Because if you're not, sell some cards. Simple as that. Yeah. Dark tangent, but it's true. <laughs> and yeah, yet said, an important point. We all, like get carried away. we all get carried away. We all think this is going to the moon 100% and we all. We, we, we can all be guilty of overextended At times. Maybe not all of us, but responsible. It's not gambling. Responsible investing is important. It's
1: a, it's a hobby, you know. Like, it's, it's a hobby. pastime.
0: Yeah. So anyway, look, just, just a wee disclaimer. I get to get that out there. Um. But the other thing is, I think there's an element in this. So there's only so far, so rare can go you know, in terms of avoiding misclicks. Misclicks are going to happen and the ultimate responsibility yep. falls in the misclicker. And you might, you're might, you someone who has had the misclick. So yep. I'm glad you're here because I, I just sound like a guy who's never misclicked and doesn't get it. But There's only so they, much they can do. I mean, they could probably have done more than what they did a few weeks ago, but a few changes have been put in place. Maybe there'll be more down the line. I um,
1: 100% my, my, my attention was like, even though I looked at it and I seen the offer and I clicked, I clicked, click, you know, accept. I normally, like I say, I've got a week and I, whenever I'm going into offers because I don't want to miss click, I'm like, right, nothing's going to distract me. I'm not going to be checking it when I'm going out the car into the house or yeah. when I'm doing this or I'm doing that. If I'm looking at offers and stuff, I'm, you know, I'm. Maybe these are, you know, blah blah blah, whatever. But on that occasion, I was on the computer. I think I was editing a video or something, or I was messing about, and I seen it pop up, and I was like, yeah, yeah, that looks great. Boom, thank you very much. Bye. Back to what I'm doing. Uh huh. Whereas I say, normally I say it's on my phone and blah, 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 whatever. So you've just got to be, when you're doing your bids and your offers and when you're listing things on the market, like you just have to, that's something that requires your attention. It's not something you should be doing, you know, when I say you're you're, you're the self checkout in Sainsbury's or whatever, you know, like. (laughs)
0: 100%. 100%. Because, like, it might only look like point one. Oh, grand point One is going to be like 300 quid. <laughs> you know. Like point one is like a day or two's work, a few days work, whatever. Don't know what your profession is, but like, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's time. It, it is a lot of money. These cards, like, and sometimes you can lose sight of that when you just see, Oh, we point one, we point 0.2. Oh, so time for point yeah. four. And really actually look at the, it's, I always find myself when I think in each, it's like, it's much more willy nilly when I actually yep. see the Same. money. It's like, holy shit. Um, but speaking of that, actually, there's one thing I wanted to touch on that I forgot. Uh, we talked about transfers, and I can't believe we didn't mention Ronaldo. Um, so Ronaldo oh my is God. obviously <laughs> back at Man United. This show isn't particularly about talking about players too much. Like I don't really do this that much, but I think like Ronaldo back to United definitely deserves a big, big mention. Um, yep. In terms of collectability, his legacy, in terms of his short-term price, you know, a lot of hype. It's, he won't be minted next season unless United are announced. Um, it's definitely been re- sort of shown in the market and it's bittersweet for me, Quinny, because I went and bought them a while back. What did I pay for them? I don't know. The big blue arrows are there. I think I paid just over an or something. It might have been more. I honestly can't remember. Um, I think I tried to... Deal. I think whatever happened, I got a great deal. And my plan was to hold him until the next time so rare goes Balubas. And when that happens, I was going to sell him for 10 eighth, ten eighth, something crazy. because You might think I'm mad going look at a so rare data graph from what happened in February March. And I was kind of thinking that'll happen again. If this does go to millions of users, there might only ever be 160, 180, 200 Ronaldos on the platform. People will want them long-term, safe bet, great. Now I'm kind of being tested in terms of holding them because I also made sure I got his earlier print just because I thought it would be that little bit more collectible and its price definitely is a bit more and there are none of them in the market. The only ones in the market are the newer print. So like, I think I could comfortably get about two and a half to three for this comfortably now and it's made me kind of look at that and go, oh God, okay, that's like seven grand. Uh, (laughs) Like, but I think in terms of the platform, in terms of Ronaldo, like I think going to United is so excited, but the reason we was saying it was bittersweet is that I tried to buy one last week for like, and I made a really good offer. I made like Noah Lang plus an amount of ETH, and the guy rejected it and he'd no discord. I am sure if he had discord, we would have came to an agreement because I was like, I'm getting another Ronaldo. Yes. um, And I didn't, but so it's bittersweet because I was actually, I know how close it was to get one and I didn't get one, but I've got one so I should be happy. It's one of those. But I think, um, in terms of just the football and world in general, the movement of Ronaldo and Messi is very exciting, like isn't it?
1: Oh yeah, we're gonna have both them this year, which is great. I think that uh, I make it quite right. The earlier print Ronaldo as well. You know they won the league that year. I think he was Serie A top goal scorer as well. So that's like you know I was like things like a lot with the cards. You know like yeah. we were oh, who we oh I think it was a video you made or something. You were maybe talking with somebody else, right? You were talking about Joe. Oh, that's what it was. You were talking about Joe David. You've got OG Joe David, don't you?
0: Yeah. Oh no, not not super OG. Like, um, I think there's like one of the like, is it eighteen nineteen season? What do you call? It? You know the really yeah. early ones. Yeah, yeah. Like a dark, dark purple. I don't have them. I have I uh, I don't have eighteen nineteen. I have nineteen twenty. Oh, got you. Ross so I has think- the eighteen nineteen super rare.
1: Handle of course of I know somebody had it. Of course it's Hendo. So I think like OG, like number one rookies and all that kind of stuff is all like fair game, legit collectible. And then the rest of their career is really just all much of a muchness down to how cool the kit is and if they do anything that year. You know, like mm. so, you know Ronaldo. I say that he's only got two Juventus cards. One they won the league in, and one they didn't win the league in. I know. Just as a Ronaldo fan, what card I'd rather have the one where he's won the league, you know. And if you ever watch the, that season back, that's the strip he's wearing is the one in the card. That's you know, I like those, you know, that, that that's just the way it goes, you know, with anything 100%. like you know, attire, costumes, you're thinking about other things outside of football or whatever. Um, so I mean, quite right. I was quite close to you know, I get, I get married last week. Thanks very much for the mention on the pods by the way. Congratulations thanks. But my best man, he's, he's been referenced on content before, is the Mad Banker Man that I know. He's like he knows his stuff. He um he he very graciously gave me some some ether for for wedding present. Oh, did he? That's so nice. and I, yeah, I was like, mm. I've still got it, but I was like, I could just buy a Ronaldo with this. <laughs> 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 and uh, so I was kind of close to it in the last before the move because he was down at like an eef to an and a half. within the last like you know ten days yeah. before the transfer, it wasn't priced too crazy. And I do love Ronaldo All well, you guys at home Oh no I didn't end up Doing it as well But that's both times Where Ronaldo's like Been in my mind And then the boom Happened Because see right before The boom he was like 0. 0.7 or 0. 0.8 He was like below An ETH right before The boom mm-hmm. um, And I've just got The notification He's starting against Ireland right now John
0: that's, That's brilliant because he's in my SO5 team as captain. Talk about <laughs> patriarchy. I have Jarnchuk as well. He got a goal there. A screamer at that. So oh, brilliant. I, I'm sitting okay. I just need Trent to start. I need Ospina to play. And I need Carrasco, I think, is my dodgy one. My dodgiest one. But they're all kind of... Yeah. Ha- like I mean, it is like be some. Rude. Like Tread could be rotated For like Trippier Or Kyle Walker Could play there You never know You just don't know I've not
1: picked Trippier You've got no idea Who he'll
0: play Yeah But, he, but, last, thing on, but last thing
1: I'll ask you on Last thing I'll ask you What we are just saying Is will you be buying A Messi rare Will you go for a rare Or will you be going limited? Messi
0: oh. Oh. Uh, I actually don't know I'll need to see What the prices are I mean if the prices yeah. are I'd rather an Mbappe Than a Messi So if it's going to be Stupid okay. money I'm going for yeah. Mbappe Uh, Will I try and get a limited? Yeah, why not? But um, I I don't know is the answer. I think it's so hard to know what price he's going to come in at. Um, Yeah. And even like the Mbappe limiteds, I don't know what they're going to come in at. And I just... That would be interesting. Honestly, I don't know. Are you?
1: Uh, I think I... I don't know. I'm definitely in no rush to get a serial number of any kind, a low print. And I do... I think low prints in this situation for limiteds, I think that will have a value if we get to, like, year 10, 15, 20, or that yeah. kind of thing. I think they will come in as a, as a factor in value totally, but I'm not I'm not after that. I'm a, I'll am i happily get 999, you know, or <laughs> 952 yeah. or something. You know, I'm in no real rush. Uh, I think, I actually never really thought about this. I've been thinking about limited cards quite a lot, and I think there's some stuff we'll be talking about anyway, but that will be a massive kind of revelation, I think, for the market, is where, do, where does a limited Mbappe auction at? You know, we've not got a Scooby Doo clue,
0: really. <laughs> <laughs> I hear the the Andrews talk about this a fair bit. Um, if you haven't heard their podcast, it's RotoWire, so rare Andrews. I love their content. Um, but I, I think like, um, I'm trying to think about this here a second. They they often talk about the price and bad is going to come in at, and I just don't think it's going to be like an ETH. I think it's going to be. Less, I think it's going to be like I I have no idea, but like I would not pay one eighth for an Mbappe limited at all. I can
1: see. I can. uh,
0: Sorry, I don't know. I know we both want to talk. I don't like. I just don't take away the serial number. Would I pay for the one of a thousand? Possibly. Would I pay it for the like kit number? Okay. Would I pay an ETH for a 17 of a 1,000 Mbappe? Not a mission, because I just don't see the utility. I do see the utility, obviously, in D5, okay. But like, in terms of getting that back, it's going to be a long ride. And in terms of the collectability, I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't pay an ETH. I don't know why I wouldn't pay an ETH, but I wouldn't. Would I pay half a coin for a limited Mbappe right now? I don't even know if I would. Because my SO5 teams are where I'm at. I'm just not going to be able to utilize that. I'd rather buy a super rare Klaus, yeah. who I got yesterday for like 0.4 something, who I can stick in a challenger D3 or D2. And I think, in terms of making money back, I'll make it quicker with the other player than I will with that limited Mbappe. And I don't think the limited Mbappe's collectible value goes mad anytime soon. Maybe late, if, if so rare is around in 10, 15 years. And it's a really respected NFT global football platform that we all hope it is. Maybe then you look back and the original Mbappe from 15 years ago was worth 50 grand. I don't know. But like, I just don't see it. I just don't. I don't know, Quincy. I'm really rambling here because it is a head fuck. But yeah, I wouldn't pay an ETH personally.
1: I wouldn't pay an ETH either for a limited. I don't. I can't imagine myself wanting to pay, Would pay, you pay half a coin for- now. Half a coin is it where you start to consider it. I think, you it's know, where you do start ballpark, to. Mm, like, because what you're, what you're kind of weighing it up against, like you said, is a yield, you know. So recouping an ETH out of D5 is, you know, not been done ever by anyone, of course. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because of that, you can't realistically forecast against something, you know, like, oh, well, this guy, because when we all start, you look at somebody else, Uh, Mark, You'll Never Walk Alone is a a massive account. I think almost everyone looks at that when they join Sovereign, especially our kind of onboarding generation, if you like, and guys like him and Max and A.J. And, you know, you maybe go, oh, well, that guy's got like X amount of uniques and he yields this and he's got this amount of superwares and you can kind of reverse engineer some stuff and make some probabilities. But with limiteds, there's nobody. You know, it's me, it's everyone. Mark Mark McBride is probably the number one limited card winner ever of all time right now. <laughs> That's yeah, a few game weeks, you know. Yeah, it's, um,
0: it's it's one of those. Like, I just, I don't know what I'd price them at, but it leads us into the next question, okay, I think. Um, and we'll just segue because of that. F.I. Trent, who got a whopping 10 likes, says, I, I love, like, really focused on the likes. It's like I'm a teenage girl sticking up a selfie. <laughs> looking desperately for (laughs) approval from my peers. Anyway, where do you see limited cards going is the first question. Uh, He says, in fact, I'll just read it all. Clogging up the market once the furor has died down or genuinely a chance for new users to get the jump before another boom. Will they see rare cards go up in value? And on this just quickly, just a little bit of information from a content creator. I have had three to four messages in the last 24 hours. I can't remember three or four definitely three, maybe four messages from people being like here, should I just buy a team of limiteds or should I buy a global all-star team with a common keeper? I don't know if you're getting this much recently. It's a big question yeah. I'm getting. There's a lot of people coming in with that question on their lips. Um, so people are debating this kind of like, is it worth going for the limiteds? Should I go for the rares? But that's not really Trent's question. Where do you see the limited cards going is this question. And will we see rare cards go in value?
1: Um, I think rare cards—they're value. Like we all knew, and kind of, i would said it and stuff. I think even maybe the chat, me, you, Haiby and uh, Mark had—we probably spoke about it there as well. But like the rare, the, the immediate impact of limiteds being issued was always going to have a little bit of a haircut on the rares because, quite simply, the amount of users hasn't overnight changed. You know, but the amount of cards available has. People only have a certain amount of money. Only a certain amount of people play this. So naturally, when there's a cheaper alternative, people that would have bought rares at 0.05 are now going to go and buy three limited cards for that amount. Or they're going to pay 0.06 and get one far better card, you know, mm-hmm. by, you know, direct comparison. So uh, well rare prices go back up, I think... <clears throat> I think the reasonable answer, if you were to lay numbers out, probabilities, and all that kind of stuff, would probably suggest yes. It's also a very brave thing to say, I guess, or no, or something like that. So I'm not going to. Um, but, <laughs> um, but but quite simply, I, I said this on a video I did as well. Like, um, I think I, I might even, Yeah, I can't remember what date came out. It's not important. But as time goes on, like the scarcity is the volume of them is only as relevant as the head count or how many people are. Um, playing the game itself, you know, because if if there's a all the scarcity of a thousand, there's probably let's say there's let's say on so story there's ten thousand players, right? Nine thousand five hundred of those players do not need a scarcity one of a thousand, <laughs> you yeah. know. Quite simply, so all those cards will always clog up the world in terms of your reward pools, the auctions that people buy for pennies on the pound. It's only. For us that are here right now, there's probably only, out of 10,000 diner quotes, like 500 that you would want limited, and I would buy them, like a Kamavinga or a Noah Lang or a Sven Botman or this guy or that guy. Yeah, I'd buy a few of those limited, Mbappe and Messi, whatever we're talking about. But would I, would I buy a second-string centre midfielder at Sanfri Sarashima Limited? No, I, I wouldn't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, so they are what they are you know it's, it's not really what they will be it's kind of just understanding what they're meant to do and it's like as much as we feel it's kind of clogged up the now there is still I, I've not seen a card get past 100 prints yet I think they're kind of getting to around 50s and trying to cycle the ball out because there is such a huge volume to actually issue out um, so I think you'll kind of see in the fullness of time that when it does get turned on if we do get a massive uptake you'll see fuck man like there was five auctions a second finishing for two days Or whatever, you know, it was pandemonium. Or, you know, we don't know what the tab fully turned on looks like. You know, all they're doing is satisfying who's here right now. So
0: they're definitely, the the barrier to entry has been brought down. I think, as you say, you mentioned the content. I definitely mentioned that that short-term, yes, rare prices will probably take a bit of, like, they'll be suppressed. Um, I didn't find it worth trying to ship my whole gallery and wait until they dip a bit and buy back in. I just think the liquidity wasn't there to really make that happen. There's also an attachment to your cards. But if it was an instant button, would I have clicked sell all my rare cards on the ETH of the Limited at a fair price? Yeah, I probably would have and bought them all back cheaper because I, I do think, I mean, the supply demand, it's there. It was there for them to see, of course, people's heads were going to be turned, of course. But I think long-term, the rares will 100%. I think they've become rarer. I think they are this next step up the rung, and I do think they'll be more sought after. And, yeah, I, I think it's just a short-term thing. I mean, as you say, the, I, I'm not going to repeat you, Quinny, like, but, I mean, you know, the cards that came into supply, the, the demand wasn't matched overnight, but it will be matched over time, and that's what we're all betting on. So I think over time, like anything, you know, There are a lot of cards, as you say here, that will never really have any sort of value because no one gives a shit about Ohu Song. Do you know? And I'm only (laughs) saying his name because I'm looking at him right now. You know, like he's not going to be collectible. No one really wants him. He's an average 24. Like he's going there for three quid. Do you know what? Maybe he'll hit a purple patch sometime and someone will sell him for a tenner and that's great. Um, But there's a lot of players that no one's ever going to want. It's funny because I've actually bought a few absolute shiders because I just went on the market one day. I was like, I have no limiteds. Let's go. And I basically just bid a, like a fiver on a bunch of them and a one load of them. And they are people who are like under 23 or might at some stage in their career come good. And I'm sort of hoping so rare grows. And in some day that fiver card, I can sell for 20 quid and look, it cost me not point, not, not two, a 10th of an ETH win. Just leave them sitting okay. there for the crack. And now they're clogging it? up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Go look at my club and filter by limited.
0: Have you done the same?
1: Yeah, uh, well, I've. Well, uh, uh, tell me what you see when it pops up.
0: Limited, scarcity, 21 cards. Feynard. Oh, geez, you've got a lot of Malambos Hey. You like this kid, yeah? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Time will tell. Jeez, to tell you what though, is Jersey mint isn't far away. I don't know if you got it. Um see what see what
1: see what I've got there? That's all the exact same price as one rare. There is only four rares out at the moment, so that price probably will come down over time, especially if it doesn't mm. play. But that was kind of what I, I kind of went for a rare. I went for the one off, I went for 0.3. Um, and then the rest of them are sub 0.1 This There's only four rares out now. But anyway, when I seen that, I thought, do you know what? With this guy, I'm just gonna go spend that same amount of money. Let's say 0.08, 0.1. I'll just go buy as many limiteds of that guy as I can. And I'm only going to be sitting on him anyway. I'm not playing SO5 no. with him. I think the limiteds look cool. I think limited rookies look cool. You know, tell me that's not a good looking card, John.
0: No, it is. <laughs> it is. It actually is a great looking card. The rookies look amazing, yeah. I have to say, particularly the yellow ones. So. Quinny, I've just got some amazing news for everyone listening and shit news for me. You ready? Uh-oh. Merritt, Alex Merritt, has been call out with a back injury for like two months or something. Which means David oh. Spina is now the starting goalkeeper at Napoli, which means everyone's bought his cards and now the cheapest on the market is like half a coin. And I'm giving oh. them away at the weekend, absolutely wow. devastated.
1: What a competition, Johnny
0: boy! <laughs> the competition just doubled in value for God's sake. So now it's worth like what? It's probably worth like half a, a bag ticket, of sand, grand and a half or something. Jesus, yeah. what? This happened with Adela Sheesh as well. Every time I give things away, they go up in value. I should start giving everything away and then canceling. Anyway, um, next question. Thanks for that one, Trent. I know we kind of digressed, but I'm pretty sure we hit a bit of it. Um, I don't know what the next most liked one. Brother's here with it. What do you think so rare should be doing to make their platform more engaging to content creators like Castro and Nepenthes to encourage new video and streaming content and by extension, new managers to SoRare? So we're both content creators. Um, surprise, surprise, uh, go and check out your YouTube, YouTube channel again. And yeah, it could definitely be, I find myself in times of the off season, in terms of the international week, a lot of the content I do is when I see a topic, like if there's a big announcement, I'll make a video on it. If there, I make team building videos each week. If I get a big reward, I'll make a video on it. You have much more extensive videos on a range of topics. You release way okay. more videos than me. and. I find that I, because I, I'm, I'm not trying to kid anyone. I'm not a football scout. I'm not incredibly knowledgeable on football tactics and going deep dives on players and teams. That's not me. That's not what I'm going to do. So whenever it comes to actually trying to create content on so rare, because of the live nature of the content and the fact that you need to wait for things to come to fruition, it can be tough on a slow week. Not in the podcast, I could, like the podcast I love because you can chat shit, but doing a standalone video on your own, talking to a camera, looking at something on a screen, trying to create some engaging content. It's not as easy as it is on, and it, it never will be maybe as it is on like games like FIFA and whatever. So maybe the comparison's off, but like how, how can, do you, can you think of anything so rare can do to make it more engaging? I think side games that are have instant wins or losses, but then maybe you're going down the gambling route and that is the issue sort of squad building um, squad building challenges where maybe you can create, create a certain amount of limiteds of a certain tier for a rare card. Maybe that's something they could look at, but maybe that just wouldn't work um, based on their, the ecosystem. I don't know what they can do, but I do think if they could make things on their platforms, if they can have some sort of features that are a bit more instant yep. endorphins or instant somethings that you're chasing or progression through something you can just work at, as opposed to waiting on live football results, maybe it would create more engaging content. I, I, I don't know. It's a tough one.
1: I think like the, the website is nice and everything, but when it comes to like, like you say, when you're basically in front of a camera making content or whatever, um, the website looks great and everything, don't get me wrong. But what games are, even like you, some of the guys you mentioned, when you're doing like, you're watching like pack opening videos, you know, it's not even the game, that's just presentation, that's just hype, that's suspense. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? And we kind of get that with the rewards at the moment, but there's definitely a great scope for improvement. When we were chatting just before kind of coming on, it kind of just kind of came to me. But like when I was, you know, when you look at the amount of rewards, like McBride's one over the, McBride is absolutely killing it. If they had some sort of mechanism to say, Congratulations! You have won more than two cards, or you have won more than five cards. It may even be a, a kind of tier system, depending on how well your game week's been. You get different animations of like pack openings or the unveil of the reward that you've just got. You know, mm. then from just a wee bit of energy or thought was put into that, then just the presentation of it, I think, kind of changes that kind of aspect of it. You also need to win rewards to actually do it. It's not that like pack; you just go to the shop and spunk twelve thousand points and you know just make it happen on the spot, but. Unless they do packs, you know, that's that's the whole other kind of thing. Because the easy comparison is FIFA because it's it's yeah. FIFA. Like, Football managers, but like Twitch is totally different, you know, it's not that it's like, yeah, let's, you know, open some packs, mm-hmm. get some players and play some teams and <laughs> you know. It's
0: it's it's a really tough one, I think, like with the pack conversation. And I know it's been pretty much unequivocally written off in many ways. I just don't think it's possible the whole loot box thing. But even if they could do it in some way, how FIFA have done it with the preview pack sort of system where you can now preview the pack before you buy it. That's how FIFA are kind of getting around it a bit. So you could click in, you get the whole experience and then you have the option to buy it. And then if you don't, if you buy it, you can do the preview pack again. If you don't, you have to sit and wait for X amount of time before you can open more. That would, if they can get around the loot box thing, I do think packs would send this platform fucking nuclear. I think yeah. it would, I really do. Like if they could bring packs in in any way, shape or form, content creators are on board. This shit goes crazy. And I mean, it really does. The revenues would be through the roof, et cetera, et cetera. But are they selling out a bit? Would they be selling out in a sense? And would they be going away from what's what they're doing at the minute? I don't know. It would take a lot of work from a legal standpoint, et cetera, as well. Is it worth the headache and potential restrictions for the whole global fantasy bit? Would it turn off clubs from partnering with them if they're being sort of slandered as a gambling platform? There's a lot of considerations, but if there is any way they can do it, I think it would... I do I do think it would send us fucking crazy. It, like, And I do think this will go crazy anyway, personally. I just think it would speed that up exponentially because of the addictive nature of packs, which then maybe yeah. you're preying on the gambling aspect and you're just kind of loopholing it. But mate, if you, that's exactly right, you, I don't know.
1: Mate... Tell me opening up a big box of cards isn't fun.
0: It's, it's amazing.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it is, it's the same thing, but it's digital. And that's that's big, that's how it becomes murky. As, well. as, as much as it's like the jewel in the crown so somewhere that these things are assets, they're digital, but you can still identify them. They're non-fungible, basically. It's also the kind of curse because it is so strongly tied to the game in terms of their value that that whole, like you say, loot box, the pack angle Panini what? and all these guys can do it Because it is just a sticker you know, It's all they're selling you is a bunch of stickers with pictures on them But it's so rare because what they're selling you is Like a card that goes into something that Da-da-da.
0: This is Parts mad out. right No this this is me talking bullshit now Cornelia. So I'm going to make it quick What if they sold physical product Right Not actual cards but redeemables So you buy packs that you open physically Therefore they can justify themselves As just being like Tops and Panini But in those packs, you get like a QR code to redeem an online an NFT on Solar. And you could buy the physical pack and redeem the NFTs. Therefore, they could definitely exploit kind of taps and paninis loopholes and but still have the digital thing. Maybe it'd be licensed different. I don't know. And I'm, I'm really just going loophole here. Sounds so. expensive. It's, yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll move on because I'm chatting. Absolute <laughs> gack Right. Next one. Um, and I'm just, I don't know. I, I kind of lost our sense of time being and had a little bit of a tech issue earlier. I don't know how long that cost us. So we'll give it another five or 10 minutes and see what happens. Um, Kay at quest of nine says when the progress bar comes in, what effect do you expect it to have with parts of the bar, the option for a card prize? If X amount chose this option, what hit does this have on reward pools? And they see it being a better option than a fixed fate threshold variable ETH. So for me here, I think, I don't think it can possibly be worse on the reward pools because if you think about it, people will take XP and people will take ETH. Therefore, it takes away the only option of winning cards and adds two other options that people might choose. So I think yep. in terms of the amount of rewards, there will be less cards given out because not everyone will choose cards, whereas it now everyone just gets cards. In saying that, maybe the e threshold's moved, I don't know, or removed. So maybe people go for the I e th- I don't know. Quinny, what do you think?
1: I, I pretty much agree with you, to be honest with you. Like I don't know how often I'd ever be picking XP. I do value XP, but I don't know if I'd be picking that over ETH for a card, but I definitely would be picking or I'd maybe forget picking up low-tier cards to chase down an ETH. Yeah. I,
0: still, I mean, you, know, you, so. you, you gather XP to win ETH cards, so why would you turn down ETH cards to win XP? It just seems a bit weird. Yeah. Um, unless the XP is partic- is very lucrative and you can like sacrifice two weeks ETH thresholds, etc. to level up your, your star players by... 2-3% of a bonus Do you know if it's really lucrative okay but if you're just giving me a small bit of XP nah
1: yeah one thing I was saying to um, uh, a chat I'm in with McBride and that was one thing that might happen with this progress bar is like the the D5s are, you know there might even be another division that comes with the progress bar potentially because there's maybe the academy we've not even seen that yet that's not the that tie-in thing that was on Twitter that was just a separate thing I think you mentioned that on your pod in fact Um so there might even be another kind of division or subsets of divisions that comes in with the progress bar. But one thing I think they might do to kind of keep the balance of power as it is now with Champion Euro is, and try and maybe appease the people like myself that could score 400 points and not get fuck off for it. Um, it's like maybe like the points you earn on the leaderboard in Champion Euro earn you more XP on the progress bar versus Global All-Star or versus like Champion Asia. Maybe all those different divisions have a different, you know, so let's say you're able to put out all the D5s, global, U23s, whatever. That will get you rapid up the progress bar, but the one that will really do that the most will be the champion euro, the one that will do it second the most, maybe the challenger, or whatever order they want to do it in. And then people with smaller galleries, they'll have that decision of, right, well, if I target my first D5 as like champion euro, then I know I'll get XP quicker. I'll hit this milestone a bit quicker, then maybe I can do that. And it opens up a lot of different kind of strategy avenues you can kind of run down, which would be fun. I can't remember the whole point of this whole tangent I've ran away on, but the, the, oh, yeah, So I think, um, I, I think the progress bar will actually probably reinvent the game at the bottom end, uh, and, and a lot, you know, a lot of guys you now that ask see on Twitter. I'm sure you do as well. are have been buying lots of limiteds, been buying multiples and whatever, and I think a lot of a lot of people that are well prepared for limiteds becoming like the foundation character. I think they are going to do really well because that is what it's now meant to be, is the foundation where all, all of us were weaned on rares, which as time passes by, I think will only be uh, an added benefit for all involved. But now with the base or with the foundation character is, is going to be the limiteds, you know. So I think the progress bar will really highlight that to the existing user base for what will come to be.
0: So if you're listening, uh, we had some, I had some internet issues, but we're back. Uh, it might sound perfect, but just in case it sounds a bit disjointed, here we are. So, Quinny just gave a beautiful answer to a question, and I'm just going to move on. So, there's lots of amazing questions, but the last one to finish us is from Marco Sullivan. It got a big eight likes. It says, what criteria should be used to decide which league should be in Champion Europe and which leagues are in Challenger Europe? Is it a good idea or a bad idea to have an even split in terms of number of teams in both leagues, or as close to it as possible, and why? And I think this is great, because it's not something I've given much thought to, but... I actually heard yesterday, I was listening to a podcast, I should really credit them. Was it Soccer Cards United? I forget. Um, and apparently Portugal actually rank higher than is it France or Italy in terms of Champions League positions. So technically, there's something about basically Portugal should be in the top five leagues in Europe. So does that mean they should be in champion? Yeah,
1: well, that, that's the background to this. The latest UEFA if a coefficients came out and it has Portugal fifth, France sixth, and that's down to you know, like getting to knockout rounds of Champions Leagues and Europe Leagues and all that kind of stuff. It's a great question that I'm actually I actually forgot all about. I'm really glad to have, yeah. <laughs> we have dug it up because it's a great question and it's, see, is it's actually a, potentially a very interesting. Actually, I know it's a question, but it may actually be a very interesting answer to the challenger Euro problems because one of the responses to that tweet, I think I can't remember who it was. Maybe you'll see it said something to the tune of maybe they just split all the European leagues in half and it's the top half and the bottom half. So Mm. not necessarily top five anymore, maybe in reality it's a top ten, you know, um, or something to that kind of tune, potentially. It's a really interesting question in terms of how they do it. I don't know if coefficients because we've we've asked them stuff like this before on Discord, what what is the top 20 leagues that they're going for? What is the top 20? And they say, well, it's a mixture of marketing as well as performance and the clubs involved and all the rest of it. So they've never been outlined with clear criteria in terms of what mm. they target in the first place
0: i think it could be a really interesting solve to the problem and you could just half and half and i think they've kind of i don't know if they've written it down anywhere where it's the top five leagues um i think i've signed out a so rare here so i might be able to win too quick no, if you go down to help it does say top five does it yeah OK, well, if it says top five, then they've kind of put themselves in a bit of a position here where if they go and change that and throw in, let's say, Portugal and the Erdovese, and then all of a sudden people are loading in stacked Ajax teams to win their Mbappes, does that shaft people who have paid a premium for champion cards? So, well,
1: if, by virtue of it, or if we're going half and half, then yeah. It's, so as we're kind of talking, I think half, you don't want Ajax, you don't want Sport Lisbon, you don't want them in there with, my opinion anyway, Real Madrid I'd be and PSG. Yeah, uh, maybe three tiers. Maybe that's how they brought it. They, you know, because now, I, I don't know how many links. we've got off the top of my head, but let's say it is like 10 in terms of where mm. we've got a footprint. You know, Russia, Portugal, yada, yada. Um It's probably not even 10 in fact. So
0: maybe six or seven. It, it, it's being, one of those. I think it's awkward. Yeah. But um, I think it's a really interesting point because... If it had been known and everyone was planning for it and looking at it, people would be aware that France might have been at risk, and Portugal looked good to get into champion, and maybe that might have affected prices. But if they just like, if that was part of the game from the get go, and we all were projecting that and talking about that, it would be interesting when that switch happens. And you know, France are relegated to challenger, and Portugal are upgraded into the champion. Like that's an interesting sort of thing. Imagine Messi playing in challenger. But the whole thing here is is like. I think again they're in a position where they can't really do that. So how do they solve the problem? I have no Imagine idea. A
1: stack, when you don't a rumor.
0: Imagine <laughs> that exactly. <laughs> Bruges and the Ajax stacks looking good, but um, yeah, it's it's one of those like um, I don't really know, but I think it's really really interesting. It'll be interesting to see how they deal with that because France are sick based on that, as you say. So hmm. Messi playing in challenger, yeah,
1: because like the thing. The, the the thing with that is it is on the European performance now. A, a lot of people will point to you know PSG. Oh, they got to the final the other year, there's been the semi-finals, and all the rest of it. But the rest of fans like and other countries have suffered. Smiths in recent times, I think Italy had a similar situation not too long ago where they lost a Champions League spot. It's the other teams in the league not being as competitive, you know. So we've not seen Leon do anything in Europe for I don't know how long. Um, Marseille the same. Lille, I think they got to the quarterfinals maybe one year, you know, maybe three years ago or something, you know, but. Outside the PSG, the European kind of foot, uh, Leon, I beg your pardon, Leon did uh, get to the quarterfinals or the the, the knockouts last season, uh, the season before COVID, I think. You know they beat mm-hmm. Venice, I think. And then they played Man City in the quarters, yeah. But you know that's an outlier for them. In the last, like, you know, you you, you remember growing up, like and were the dominant one. Everything, had Janino in midfield and and a real talent around that kind of dominance from from Lyon, from Marseille in Europe, they've been absent as well. So it's, it's a reflection on the league. And if it is the top five league, you know, is the Portuguese league better than the French league on the face of it? Absolutely not. You know, because there is like hmm. eight kind of household name teams in France. Whereas in Portugal, it's undoubtedly the top three. Maybe make an argument for Braga, you know, but um, so in terms of switching it up, like, like you say, if we knew it was a potential outcome, if they said, Oh, the top five leagues on UEFA coefficients, then, you know, they have the scope to make changes. But since it is just top five and they've always been kinda of sketchy with outline, clear criteria for what they deem mm. as the top leagues in the world, it's, it, it does hold them as to a wording, but I think it pushes them to give us maybe a wee bit of clarity if we all kinda of hound them for it. Because it is a development in real world football.
0: Absolutely. I think it'll be really interesting to see what they do there. And as you say, if it was something that we knew every September, the top five leagues as per X, Y, and Z will be in champion and challenger, people would have been forecasting this, but it's kind of crept up out of nowhere and it's a really interesting point. And it comes at a time when everyone's already questioned the number of teams in challenger. So it will be something that's on the Soware team's door already. If not very soon, they'll be getting hounded about it. So get yep. thinking. Yeah. Um, Quinny, we'll wrap it up there. One thing we need to do before we go is the 137 game. So, I need you to pick two players you think will combine for a score of 137 next week. The winner of this game for August was actually JW, Fantasy Gaffer. He beat Mortz by 0.6. I had to go into decimal places because they both scored, I think, 132 if you go by wow. So Rare data. But he beat him by 0.6. So, he will be getting a So Rare merch bundle whenever that. An- some time happens down the line, few people I owe them to. I don't know when it's gonna happen. Um but I've been promised a couple and the one some 137 March which should be ready late in September. So look there is a bit of a delay in these things but that's the nature of it. Um and last last thing Quinny just before I move us on to the one your picks you can maybe be thinking while I do this. Just a big thanks to everyone who did leave questions that didn't get answered. Um, go and promote. Go and get your friends that like your questions next week, and they'll be answered. Fi Gardner, Hendo, James, Two Bob Squirt, Nick Taylor, KS Cards, George, uh, Jay Fraz, Soccer Silverback, Mikey Cruz, Accent. There's just so many of you. Thank you so much for all the engagement. It's absolutely amazing to see. So, Quinny, hit us. Who are your two picks um, for the one thirty seven game?
1: My two picks off the top of my head right now, uh, kind of. <laughs> I'm going to go with Sean Johnston, <laughs> who's the goalkeeper at New York. They are away to Nashville this week. Yeah. And I'm going to go with Medina of New York Medina. City as well. In Jesus, Medina. I'm hoping you can Jesus. get me a wee 80-ish or so, wherever the math works out, 75 or so.
0: Yeah, an 80 and a 60 is about buying on. So, look, good luck with that. You're the first one. You're setting the bar for September's guests to follow. Um, Quinny, it's been an absolute pleasure just to reiterate it to people, go and check out Quinny's YouTube channel, lots of content there, you'll never be bored, there isn't really a day or two that yeah. goes by without something dropping, um, and lots <laughs> of great topics there. Is there anything else you want to plug, Quinny? Eh,
1: no, just, you know, uh, anything, if you jump on it and type in Quinny3001, I'll probably pop up. It's so rare stuff, football, in
0: between. Absolutely, and you'll, you'll be tagged all over my Twitter. Um. And yeah, go find them on Twitter as well. And we're both in a bit of a race for, for followers on So Rare itself. So go and follow us on So Rare for whenever they add some sort of social to the actual platform. But Quinny, it's been good this fun as always. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know,
0: I know. It's, it's purely one-sided. I care, you couldn't give a shit. And I'm like, come and help me, big Quinny. <laughs> but um look, Quinny, it was a pleasure, and I'll chat to you soon. Absolutely, John.
1: Thank you.
0: Cheerio. Okay, so thanks for listening. As always, when me and Quinny get chatting, we don't shut up and we go down lots and lots of digressions. Um, thank you so much for dealing with us. And uh, yeah, make sure you subscribe for more podcasts every week. Next week's guest is very, very exciting. I'm not going to drop it just yet. Make sure you follow me on Twitter uh, to find out first. And yeah, check out 137 pm and leave a five-star review if you're on Apple. I'll chat to you next week.